0: Welcome back to the Passive Road to Retirement Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Jarrett. Today, we're joined by Russell Franchi. Russell is the co-founder of Village Capital Partners. He's been in commercial and residential real estate for over 20 years and currently focuses on investor relations and financing. He also still works as a luxury residential broker in Florida. He has an exceptional history investing in real estate and some fantastic insights that he's going to share. Russell, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Nice to be here.
0: Yeah. Great to have you on.
1: Thank you. So
0: 20 years in real estate so far. How did you, you know, how did you get started and how did you find real estate?
1: Um, well, uh, I've had a little bit of a different road, I guess, to get there. Um, fortunately, my dad, when I was younger, had uh, investment properties and duplexes as we were growing up. So uh, me and my brother, a lot of times when we were probably like twelve or thirteen, would go with him on weekends to fix things. So we, I, I got a little bit of a, of an education there. Um, mm-hmm. Not something that I thought I would ever really make a business out of, but it was good. It was good experience to understand the hassles when you had to rent it. The phone would, would ring. You have to meet the meet the the tenant there. So I saw a little bit of that at a young age. Um, but but I've always had an interest in real estate. Um, I went to college at the University of Michigan. I was a a math and science guy. Um, My focus was on likely going into medicine. Um, I got out of college. And before I went to graduate school, I had a really good buddy of mine that said, hey, uh, you know, would you like to build a couple houses with me? Uh, We can get these lots on an option. And I was 21 years old. And I said, that sounds pretty interesting. So (laughs) we went ahead and did that. We got these lots, uh, also in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And we built a couple houses, and at the end of the day, we broke about even. It was kind of a tough, tough road, of course, at the time, but mm-hmm. we learned a lot. And then after that, um, I went on to graduate school. Um, I was working on a master's degree in statistics, believe it or not. And it was there that I um, took a class in the uh, in the business school, uh, also at Michigan, and it was a real estate fundamentals class. And I mm-hmm. just was doing it for my own little interests. And it turned out that um, there was an adjunct professor that taught it. His name's Peter, great guy. And adjunct professor just means he was a he was a practitioner of real estate in the area, so he would teach this class. And at the end of the class in the first term, he said, "Hey, um, you know, you really seem to know this stuff. Would you like to be my TA the next term?" And I said, "Sure." Mm-hmm. So by being his TA, I got to meet these developers and other investors and other people and bankers. And that really opened my eyes to, you know, this is really an interesting area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the end of that term, I was actually on my way to go into medical school in Chicago. And Peter said to me, hey, if you decide not to go, call me. We'd love to <laughs> you know, hire you or have you work for our small firm. And I said, there's no way that's going to happen because I've worked too long and too hard to get here. But sure enough, uh, the winds change a little bit. Uh, I started in Chicago things were shifting as to what was going on in medicine at the time. And I actually made the decision to pull out and I called them and they hired me. And that's really where I started in commercial um, just as a, as a, you know, I guess just, just a beginner really with them, but they had clients come into the office a lot that were multifamily owners and they owned um, like student housing around campus. Mm-hmm. And again, that was another thing I'm in my twenties, just to kind of learning a little bit more about this, is such a cool space because I would be in the meetings where these gentlemen would talk about, we're going to do this, we're going to redo the roof, we're going to redo landscaping, we're going to bump the rents to this because, you know, school school's going to start again in the fall, but we want to rent in the spring. So it just kind of was a little bit more information for me. And then from there, I went on to found a, a small lending shop, a mortgage lending shop for residential. Um, and that was, um, you know, in Michigan and Florida. Hmm. So I did that for many years. Um, an investor myself, I've invested in a lot of different types of deals. So I've done regular um, residential construction or fix and flip some, some duplexes that had some exposure. Um, and so that was, you know, for a long time. And of course the 2007 hit, which was very difficult for people like us Mm -hmm. that are in this, in this, uh, (laughs) in this area, but got through that. And then, uh, coming out the other end, just thought about really looking at how to scale something. And luckily I met my now partner, Julie Fagan, we were doing a deal together actually that's how we met hmm. yeah. and um she was selling a her and her husband owned a like a vacation rental um up in northern michigan mm-hmm. and i had the buyer we talked about it and then all of a sudden she said that i said why are you selling it she said well we're, we're moving more into multifamily," and that's when i said well i just happen to have some 1031 money i'd love to hear more about whatever you have coming up so she had a deal that was under contract and it was a 32 unit so that was our hmm. first deal together Oh, wow. uh, we did. Uh this was about probably about three or four years ago. And we brought a couple of small investors into that deal. And uh that was a that was really our first deal that we knocked down. And uh, about a year and a half later, we refinanced it with Freddie. That was our first agency deal with okay. Freddie. And we were able to do a a cash out, uh refi cash out. We got all of our capital back and our investors. And so now we have that that deal is, you know, slightly cash flowing, but we have no more equity in the deal.
0: Nice. Very nice.
1: And so that's kind of how we got into, um, you know, where we're at now as I joined forces with her and we've been building uh village capital mm-hmm. and um, we have investors and we've just been, you know we've been really working hard at growing our portfolio.
0: Okay, that's great. So I guess out of all the niches of real estate, multifamily is your favorite, I would say.
1: I think so. I mean, I've seen a lot and I've, I, and I've had clients and other, you know, close friends that are builders, developers, can do great. Uh, Mm -hmm. when things don't go right, those are hard falls, I think. Um, but yeah, the multifamily space has always been something of interest to me and it's, it's just a good, solid, um, stable area to be still with upside. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're able to offer your investors something, I think, uh, upfront where we can offer a 7% pref or an 8% pref, which is great for passive investors. Sure. Then we can show them, you know, we usually, we are usually targeting around 17, 18, 19% IRR. And it's a great way to, you know, bring in new people that want to passive invest versus a, maybe a new construction deal that um, more sophisticated investors are usually in those deals because they understand that they're going to put their money in. It's going to sit and then maybe, you know, hopefully in two years or three years when you exit, uh, there's a, there's a, a, a fair amount of upside that they mm-hmm. will they will take on that side. So yeah, the multifamily side is has been um has been great. We really like it. You know, we're not we're not beheld to that. We can still we still look at other deals like mobile home uh parks or self-storage. Uh we had a commercial deal that we did. We did, we bought a big commercial building a, a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. we had a bank as a tenant and um we thought we would get X amount return on it, but along the way, we got an offer. We weren't we weren't selling, but we got an offer from one of the other tenants, and we worked out a deal. And we we sold early, but we still had a great return, and we just kind of moved, moved forward without kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop in the office sure. market.
0: Hmm. Nice. Very nice. Okay. What um what markets do you target now? Are you still looking at Michigan, Florida and yeah, like what kind of deal I would say our
1: our target market so we have properties right now in Michigan and Texas. Okay. And we've been focused on uh I would say the southeast. Uh, I live in North Florida up in the panhandle and uh you know Texas, uh, South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh those are markets that we're that were we're focused on and of course Texas because we we already have a, a a property there and that one has been doing quite well our texas deal we, we only bought that about a little less than a year ago that was a 72 unit and we've implemented our business plan and um you know we're putting we're, we're getting a, a it's a great place for that community to have to to live mm-hmm. and uh our rents are are you know commensurate with the value we're, we're, we're bringing
0: okay very nice now it's november 2023 right rates are up uh, we are seeing, you know, cap rates, you know, expand a little bit. Um, are you still a buyer? And, you know, what uh, what are you excited about in the market right now?
1: Great question. Um, yes. Yeah, so we're still a buyer. I would say anyone that's in this industry understands that over the next, I said the last, you know, seven, eight, nine months, we've seen a, a big um, change in this industry. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of it is, is driven by rates. Uh, I'd say the biggest thing that's making deals difficult to get over the finish line is a combination of two things. The first one is sellers are still, um, tied onto the, the values that they thought that their properties were about a year ago. And they're mm-hmm. just stuck on that. I think once they see that a broker says to them that they can achieve a seven and a half million dollar sale price, that's what they are looking at. <laughs> they're not looking at anything else. Yep. Um, Whereas, and then the other piece is, you know, the rates. So the rates are higher, which makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, And so those two things together are making it tough for deals to get done. Mm -hmm. I'd say the other thing that's of interest that I was going to mention, we're in the middle of a deal right now, which is our largest deal. We're buying a a 70 unit uh, in a resort area in Northern Michigan. It's a $12 million deal. Um, We've been in for agency debt. Uh, We're almost there. We're supposed to close next week. Um, but what's changed is when you talk to Fannie now, they don't, or Freddie, they don't say, Oh, we'll give you 75 LTV or 80 LTV based on the the, the age of the property or anything. It's Mm -hmm. all based on debt constraint and the debt ratios. So, um, now they're all kind of stuck at like 60% LTV, maybe 65% LTV if you're lucky. So what does that do? It makes it more difficult. you have to raise more money. You have more to pay out to investors and it kind of, it starts to whittle down your return. Sure. Um, thankfully on this deal, uh, our, our returns are still really good for our investors um, and we're, we're looking forward to closing that. But uh, it was a real r- rough three months of doing this deal because Fannie and Freddie are, uh, they're just really strict right now yeah. and it's tough to get strong loan amounts from them. So, so yeah, so answer your question. We're buyers. That's the most recent one we're working on. Uh, we're almost there. We were, we're excited about that property. Mm-hmm. We have all the money raised. Um, mm-hmm. our investors are also excited about this property. They know the area it's in Traverse city, which is near some beautiful lakes up in Northern Michigan. And there's a lot of, um, you know, professionals that live there now after COVID. Uh, so the incomes are really strong there, which will help drive our, our business plan on that deal. But outside of that, I would say the big shift is going to be like in 2024, we had a meeting this morning that I think we're going to be really focused on, you know, if other deals make sense, we'll certainly look at them. But I think we're going to see more distressed deals coming down the pipe mm-hmm. and we're going to see more, you know, deals that just that that, that um, investors or I'm sorry, sponsors that took on bridge debt two years ago mm-hmm. at that great 3.75% rate right. for like 85% LTV. Mm -hmm. are those are those are resetting. And if those are resetting to 11% or 12%, you know, unless they bring, you know, a $2 million capital infusion, they're gonna have trouble on those deals. So those are things that we're watching for to kind of be there to kind of step in and either help out or take over. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we think that there's gonna be more of those coming. We all know there's, there's a there's there's hundreds of millions of dollars of bad debt that's gonna kind of hit the wall, I think, in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. So Mm -hmm. I think that's an area that we're gonna, you know, keep an eye on.
0: Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying this episode. Are you ready to maximize your real estate investing to its full potential? Send me an email at andrew at jarrettcapital.com and take your life and business to all new levels. That's Andrew at com. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of deals coming, and I'm starting to see more deal flow coming through now already. Uh, some distressed, but I think next year will be quite a bit. And, you know, I would, I'm buying now too, like you said, rates are higher, but when rates drop and you refinance out, that's where you make, you know, pretty good return.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing to remember is, you know, we thought the rates would be in the sevens, um, frankly, but mm-hmm. by the time you look at the the Fannie rates for multifamily, as long as you hit that seven and a half million dollar, mark i think it, once you're over that you're in mm-hmm. their premium pricing right. so the rates we're seeing right now are in the mid sixes maybe six three six four mm-hmm. um which is which is great compared to a residential rate i think most rates we see there are over seven percent right now and of yeah. course with fannie even though i'm I'm, t- I'm telling you the struggle to get through it and I know this stuff because I've I've done it for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, their 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 terms are still really really strong. I mean, they still give you a thirty year amortization. They're going to give us two years interest only. The rate is reasonable. Uh, it's just they they you know you have to go through the the you know you have to go through the, the, through the obstacle course to get to the <laughs> to get to the final line. Yeah.
0: Yep. Now, as you said, you've been doing this you know over twenty years. I guess in that span of twenty years. Do you have a deal that hasn't gone as planned and kind of maybe some lessons learned from that?
1: Great question. Um, Yeah, I would say that if I can think of one, I guess more recently, most of our stuff has been going pretty well. There's a couple, I think, that um, probably took a little bit more capital, I guess, to put in to get it to where we wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we did was Julie and I, my partner, um, who you know, for our partnership, again, I, I'll make one comment on how important it is to have a, a strong complementary partnership. Um, she already had a, a portfolio before her and I met, so she's she's a very well astute investor, and her and I just see it eye to eye on both of these things. So she's really great on the on the front end. Um, so she'll uh, help find the property. She'll analyze the property. If it looks good enough, then we'll review it together. And mm-hmm. if it's a deal we want to go after, then uh, we'll both do the purchase agreement. I'll usually take over from that point, finish the negotiating, raise the money, get the loan, close, and then she has a, a, a strong background in management and the property management side. Nice. Um, so I, I think that that's a key thing. So in the in the deal that we were, ref- I was just referring to, um, there's a little bit more capital expenditure than we thought. So her and I basically had to write checks to get this stuff done. So maybe let's just say to the tune of about a hundred thousand. And mm-hmm. so we just did that. We have investors in that deal, but we didn't do a capital call. We just figured this was our responsibility to get this stuff done. Yeah. So we wrote the checks, got it done. And now we're in the process of uh, refi- either we're going to refinance it, or we're going to get a, a light line of credit. Mm-hmm. We have an approval of maybe a $130,000 line of credit. And if we can do that, then that'll help re- recoup the money. But I would say that was one of the ones that we had an idea of what it would cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're usually pretty much on top of that. Um, Her husband is a contractor, so he he helps us with 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 this, and we're usually spot on. But this this particular property just had more to it than we could see as a buyer. It wasn't until we really got in there and saw what was going on with the roof and some other things that just needed more more money involved. But it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But of course, it's always good to be cognizant of that as you're approaching these deals. Sure.
0: No, that's yeah, good advice uh, for sure. There. So, I guess. do you have any daily habits that you do that kind of, you know, help you stay on track and motivated to keep buying more properties and, and continue along?
1: Uh, Yeah. The, the couple of things that, that I do is, well, first of all, um, my partner and I, Julie, we have Zooms probably three, the first three days of the week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we have Zooms in the morning. I think working out is probably the number one thing that I love to do. Yeah. Uh to get that knocked out because then it just gives you the energy to 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 focus and, and get after everything. Mm-hmm. And um I would say, you know, those things and just keeping a, a good task list, really, because there's so many things as you as you must know, there's so many variables and there's so many moving parts of these deals that um you just have to keep a really tight list of where you're at, what you need to be you know, pursuing. And then of course, with this business too, there's always an ongoing you know we have properties already so we have to you know we we have to jump into calls on our existing properties with the manage, manager and just understand where are we at what are the rents going at and just kind of keeping a finger on the pulse which we really like being involved in that and kind of seeing that you know our business plan is being implemented properly our rents are being pushed uh reasonably for the marketplace mm-hmm. um so yeah i would say just just the standard you know you know you know working out a lot of communication and really good Checklists to make sure you're hitting everything because you know on any of these deals that you're getting financing on, um, the, the the checklist is long and when you miss anything or a few things, it could set you back um, a week or two. I mean, we even on this deal, I was just telling you about uh, our attorney asked where our survey was because he didn't have a copy and all of a sudden the lender was like, "Well, we can't do anything if we don't have a survey." Well, <laughs> we had the survey, but it just wasn't it wasn't uh, up- uploaded and they didn't see it, so we we got that. But again, we didn't have a survey that would have pushed us back another couple of weeks just for something silly like that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Always something.
1: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so for sure. Uh,
0: what would be your top strategy for somebody newer to real estate, maybe just trying to get into multifamily um, or real estate in general to create that first stream of passive income?
1: I would say that, you know, when I got started in multifamily before I met my partner now. Um, I just had a buddy that just said, Hey, you know, I have this family friend and they've been doing multifamily and I trust them. And, you know, you want to put in a hundred grand into this deal. It was in Michigan. I knew the area. I knew what the price was going to be. And I knew the building. So I just, again, I do most stuff at my desk. I'll usually go and kick the tires at some point and look at the property. Uh, But that one in particular, I actually didn't go, I really actually didn't go visit that one. I knew enough about the area. I looked at the valuation. And so I would say for someone new is to, you know, is to, you know, educate yourself, number one, and then number two, do your first deal with a sponsor that knows what they're doing. There's just too many pitfalls in this business and you can't trust anybody. You can't trust brokers. You can't trust sellers. Um, You really need to do all the due diligence yourself. So what I would say is if someone has 50, 100, 200,000, I would say find a group that they trust. A sponsor and you know get in that way because once you're in there the, the book is open to how this business works and what mm. you're looking for right. and um you know what the valuation is where is the where where is the rent in that market right now where can those rents go to what's the value uh or what's the cost going to be how much is the debt what's the LTV and I think those are things that a, that an investor should be looking at but I would absolutely say Start your first one with a sponsor that you are comfortable with, that you vetted, and that's just a great way to start in this industry, I think, because then you can you get a you get a bird's eye view from what's going on. You have an investment, you get some passive income, you get all sorts of tax benefits, and then you know if you like that, then maybe you start to go look at doing some of your old deals, your, your own deals. Um, again, I wasn't one of the ones that did single family and then duplex and then triplex. I really just went from. Lending uh, like a lending business and understanding um, just regular real estate deals. And I did some luxury uh, vacation rental type stuff on the beach. And that's Mm kind of where I did a lot of my investing up until like, let's say 2019, 2020. But since then uh, I'm, I'm still really bullish on multifamily. Also, you know, there's such a need in our country for good housing. I mean, some of the stuff we look at is just terrible. And I think in many ways I do feel like even though we're getting money back to our investors, um, Julie and I are excited about what we're doing. We feel like we're bringing value to new tenants, but I think overall, I think we're also doing something good for our country because I mean, the, 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 cost to own a house today right. is prohibitive for a big middle part of our country. And that's going to stay like that for a while. So if we can improve our properties and really bring a better community to people, I think, uh, both Julie and I feel really good about that part of what we're doing.
0: hmm yeah, no, I agree. And that's, that's a great point. Kind of, you know, learn as you earn, you know, kind of ride the ponytails of somebody and the coattails and, you know, kind of make your money while you're watching what's going on. It's a great way to go. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then I I've, I mean, I've seen before too, where people that start like that, sometimes they stumble upon a deal and it's a mom and pop and they're not really sure what to do either. Well, now that they've had had some experience with that sponsor they could say hey can you guys look at this deal and right. see if it's a good deal and that's another way to kind of maybe <clears throat> become part of the gp or, mm-hmm. or have a bigger piece of the deal because you brought the deal to the table i mean that's a great way to kind of get started and then once you cut your teeth on one or two then i'd say it's worth it to go out and, and do it if that's it, if what uh you know investor wants to do
0: sure yeah no i totally agree and to your point as well about you know kind of improving properties we are very undersupplied and probably will continue to be on, uh, you know, new units and everything. So renovated existing units is a as a good strategy.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, there's more, I think, coming in the pipe to be built. But of course, as you know, the cost of construction is so high. Right. I mean, those numbers are coming out so high that, you know, buying that class. I mean, our our focus is really on like the class B light lift in uh, and, and, and do a lot in the management side and marketing and just get it to the right people. Yep. I think that's a real key area. The, a, the the class A will always be strong as well. Um but the class A people you may lose some of them to home ownership at some point. Um and hopefully, you know, you really want to have home ownership in our country. I mean, it's really at a, mm-hmm. at a at a disadvantage for a lot of people right now. So, I think if we can step in and serve this market right now as we are, again, I just think there's there's a lot to be done there because most people cannot afford really nice brand new class A construction. It's just not going to be in their budget. So being in that position, like the one-off or the two-off from that, I think is a huge market to fill, um, you know, across, across the country, really.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Great point. Now, Russell, if people want to reach out and contact you and learn more about you, where can they find you?
1: Uh, Our website is villagecapitalpartners.com. And, um, we, we, you know, we're on Facebook again. On Facebook, we're Village Capital Partners, and uh, you know, my name's Russell Franchi. My partner's Julie Fagan, and we're accessible. We'd love to talk to anyone. And, and a lot of what we do too is we educate a lot. I mean, we talk to people, we explain to them how this works, and of course, our investor base—that's uh, a key part of inv- of explaining to investors, you know, what we do. And again, for us, you know, our investors are probably the most important. We, we make most pretty much every decision based on our investors and how we're serving our investors. And that's another, you know, key piece. So, yeah, I guess our website's probably the easiest place to go to.
0: Okay. Great. And last question, before we get into our five to thrive section, you <laughs> could step in my shoes for the interview. What's one question you would ask yourself and answer that I didn't ask you.
1: <laughs> good, good question. Um, Let's see, I would say um, a good question would be, why does it take so long to scale? <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. would be a the, the good question yeah. because people that get into multifamily want to scale, You know, we want to scale and we're working on it. Uh, this most recent, most of the deals we have, we started with a 32 unit, then we did a 54 unit, a 52 unit, we had a fire along the way, fought the insurance company. Then we bought a 72 unit in Texas and then a, a group of single family, like a package of 38 units. Uh, and then a couple of really unique deals that were like 20 units uh, in these loft, like downtown loft areas. Mm-hmm. And now we're on to a 70 unit uh, for the Traverse City deal. Well, people always ask about scale, scale, scale. So I guess my question to myself would have been, how do you scale faster, sooner, And, you know, there are ways to do that because you really want to get to hundred unit properties because that's really where you get the balance of management and Mm -hmm. it's just more efficient. But of course those properties are a lot more expensive. Um, So my answer would be, it's good to just try and and push yourself to get to the larger project. It's going to take more work. It's going to take more raising money. Um, but I think that you also have to be measured to some extent. So my answer would be, it's good to be aggressive. It's good to be worried about scale, but you really have to be you know, tempered with what you're buying and make sure you can get deals closed and, and manage those and, and deliver a good return. So the answer is yes, be concerned about scaling, but do not you know, run out of your way to go scale just to scale. I think you have to scale methodically and properly because remember you have a lot of people's uh, hard-earned money in your hands and you're the steward mm-hmm. of that money. So if you're just out, oh, I want to get a thousand doors. I mean, that's great. And and some people may do that, but I would say it's really important to still take those measured moves to build it with a great foundation so that when you do hit it, you don't have to look over your shoulder and worry about deal number four that you kind of rushed a judgment on and you paid too much for. And now it's underwater, right? Uh, you know, we're, we're really, we're really aggressive, but we're, we're, more measured in the way we're taking deals down.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's great advice. Kind of build on a solid foundation, right? Instead of,
1: right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. No,
0: totally, totally agree with you on that. So now we're into our our five to thrive. So this is the word association game. So I'm just going to rattle off five words and just give me the first word or phrase, sentence, whatever comes to mind uh, based on that word. All right. All right. So here we go. So the first one is wealth
1: wealth that's a good one (laughs) um i would say achievable
0: Mm -hmm. lifestyle
1: well thought out
0: nice inflation
1: a necessary enemy
0: multifamily Um, exciting and village capital partners
1: village capital partners Um, growth
0: I like it good answers <laughs> <laughs> Am I, oh,
1: you, got, you got me on the spot here I Andrew. know I know that's the best that's the fun <laughs> part of it right <laughs> yeah no it's great it's great <laughs>
0: Well, thanks, Russell. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge. It was great to have you here.
1: Great. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for having me.